that's I'm not gonna lie, the dancing monkey thing fucking got me, bro. That's that's a valid point though. You run into that situation and you're just like, hey, like you wanna be there for a fan, and then they're just like <laughs> yo, dance. I, yeah, like yo, are okay. we filming? Are we filming? Oh yeah, we're recording. We're oh, on, dude. Yeah, we're yeah. on right now. So tell us the, the guide us in, bro. What is our drink of the pod right now? Drink of the pod is gonna be G Fuel Energy. Uh one of my sponsors. I've been working them for many years. Probably the best uh best drink in the world that you could possibly ever have to fuel your gaming life. Uh, workout needs and I'm drinking uh, Mega Man Blue Bomber Slushy which is beautiful by the way and you have my friend's flavor Noisy yeah. Butter's flavor uh, and I don't even I think it's Starfruit yes yeah, Starfruit I see this but yeah it's and I don't know if you guys noticed this but the chain is the same as the can <laughs> yes Chief oh, Fuel yeah. all over the fucking place right now <laughs> little yes. slushy chain listen that, that is that is I like it so I, I've gone I'm halfway through this I got a comment on it though it's actually it's really good to be honest I, I love it give me give me give me uh how are you feeling about it? Do you think that the carbonation right. is too much, too little? Do you like the flavor? No, I actually, the reason I'm saying that is because I love the level of carbonation. It's not too much. A lot of times when you break into that shit, it gets to be like, holy fuck. It's like a fills little you bit, up a little yes, too much. Yes, fills you up a little bit too much. But then when you have like monster, it can kind of like, it feels like it's clogging you up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. this is but, super clean. It's zero calories, zero yes. everything. It's literally just like nice, clean energy. That's what I'm saying. I've it, been working with them forever. Like this is massive in the gaming space. Yeah. So even to be signed by G Fuel in the gaming space is like a big trophy. Like you know how people have the million subscriber play buttons yes. on YouTube and stuff? In the gaming sphere, yeah. if you get signed by G Fuel, yeah. it's like a trophy. Like this is one of my biggest accomplishments and I've been working with them for eight years and it's still like one of the dopest things That's I do. Meant, dude, cheers. Cheers to that, Thank brother. you, brother. That's what Appreciate I'm talking you. about. So either way, drink of the pod. You guys, now you know how great it is. I'm vouching for it and I'm not sponsored by them. So go drink it. It's pretty delicious. So hey. dude, thank you for, I was going to say, thank you for letting us come to Vegas, baby. As you guys see, we have the background here. Um, Yo, it's beautiful. It's raining out. We ne it never rains it out here in Vegas, but like the last few days, we've been in monsoon tsunami season, yes. and so you get into you get in to see a little something nice. I'm glad that you guys, you're, for your first time in Vegas. I know it's not the sunny, bright place that you yeah. might have envisioned, but for us, like this is so rare no, that bro, you're getting a I rare was, Vegas. We were fucking excited about that because we were rolling up. We we got in. We flew in. What was it like twelve? It was like 12, 1 in the morning, dude. And we get in and, and we get off the plane. As soon as we get off, like nothing like a soothing night of 94 degrees. Oh, we're like coming from Florida. Oh. We're like, bro, give it a fucking rest. Like we're tired of the heat. So this right here, honestly, like it's felt great. Bro, it's and beautiful. And I'm digging it, dude. I love the rain. <laughs> it never rains like this. And afterwards, I'll go take you guys down here if you guys want to show you. Uh, Vegas not built for rain. So several of the casinos uh, flooded the casino floors will be flooded Holy the parking shit. lot like the parking lot over at the link you cannot park on the first floor literally it's up to like probably halfway up the car it gets really? flooded over because we're not built for rain it doesn't rain yeah here. that's wild dude so we, yeah we were seeing some of the tiktoks and stuff like that like bro did you see the one where literally in one of the newer casinos the circa this video was super viral it was uh there was rain coming down and inside the sports book mm -hmm. rain is coming out of a tv what the like, fuck, dude? <laughs> like it's pouring out of a TV. Holy shit, bro. Like, because the TVs are all on the wall. Like, it's all a the sign, screens. bro. We need to change some shit. This is like coming. Bro, what's going on? Build a rain gutter, I Las know, Vegas. right? That's like, crazy. What? I think that's the right term, so, a rain gutter, right? I don't know. Tell me this, man. So, obviously, we came all the way here. We want to get your story, bro. And we, we want to really dive into it. So, we interrupt this podcast to bring you Sunterra Solar Solutions, a leading edge solar company committed to making sure they provide a phenomenal experience to its customers. 
Going solar was one of the best decisions that I ever made. Not only did they provide me a no hassle experience, it didn't feel like a sales experience. It felt like an amazing person to person having a conversation on whether solar was gonna be right for me. I was fortunate enough to not only lower my monthly energy cost, but they gave me an option to be able to create a stabilized monthly bill that I could prepare around. I qualified for a new customer incentive that put cash in my hand after installation, as well as I qualified for a tax credit at the end of that same year after I had it installed. All in all, not only was it the best decision I ever made, I lowered my monthly energy costs, I stabilized my bill, I put a ton of cash in hand, it felt like I got paid to go solar. And my most favorite part that I haven't even mentioned, it eliminated my exposure to future increasing rates from the utility companies. So if you think going solar is the right thing for you, by all means, hit us up in our DMs. We can connect you with a sales associate today. And now back to the episode. Let's get it started. You, where'd you grow up? Uh, I was born and raised right here in Las Vegas. So you've lived in Vegas your whole life? Yes, my whole life. God, dude. I Number one, we went out late last night. Apparently, we're up to like four or five eating ramen. Oh. Everything's still open, and I'm like, bro, I don't know if I would have survived this lifestyle. Yo, so, tsunami season, this man's backpack just blew yes, off the table. There you go. <laughs> so I give you kudos for surviving in Vegas and like flourishing in Vegas, thank obviously. You, thank you, brother. Yes. It's, dude, it's my favorite city in the world, honestly, man. Yeah. Um, I've been all over, especially lately. Uh, I feel very blessed. Uh, I've been, I'm going to maybe 15 different cities in the next 45 days. Uh, I'm going it's, to... Wild Dominican Republic, yeah. Cayman Islands, London, France, Norway, dope, Scotland, and dope. um, I've been all over, man. And I really do love uh, I love Vegas. We got a little yeah. bit of everything here, and I think that it just matches my personality type like very well. That's awesome, dude. So, what got you into this big social media game that you do? Because right now, let's be real, you're into a lot of different things, dude. And I think we talked about it a little bit earlier before, but what has gave you that big start to where? you know, you really started kicking off your career? Um, so uh, I graduated high school in 2009. Mm -hmm. I had zero idea what I was doing. So, and I'm pretty sure that like so many people can relate to this. I'm right there with you. Bro, you don't know what you're doing. I'm like, no what am I going to, I, I don't even know. Life's difficult, bro. Being an adult is hard, buddy. So uh, I started playing a lot of Call of Duty, like during yeah. my, I think sophomore or junior year is when Call of Duty 4 came out. Yes. And that was like the, you know, the, the start of the really, huge popularity of call of duty mm -hmm. so i played that a ton and then after i graduated high school um obviously i was playing modern warfare 2 uh and during that time i started looking up you know how to do things on the game or whatever like best class setups etc and i realized that people on youtube i had posted youtube videos since 2007 like just random stuff with my friends or whatever mm -hmm. but uh when i was during that summer after i graduated high school I just like looked into it and I was like, dang, anybody could really go on here and get a capture card and make content. And I really thought that you had to be part of the the gaming team or you had to be like um, part of the company. I didn't know if it was copyrighted or what to like make videos. Yeah. I, didn't, I had no idea. But then once I realized, oh, anybody can do it as long as you have a capture device, I ended up getting a capture device and uploading Call of Duty montages. Uh, so have you guys heard of FaZe Clan? I have, yes. So it's a big gaming organization. Yeah. Um, this bag is actually a, a Bape Phase Clan collaboration, <laughs> nice. which is insane. Uh, and that was like a big inspiration for me. Guys like uh, Zer Grizz, Optic Pomage, Optic, Optic Psychosis, uh, 
the guys from FaZe Clan, all the boys over at FaZe Clan, just uh, Wings of Redemption. These are big guys in the Call of Duty space. Yeah. And I started growing my my channel through sniping montages and gameplays and um, telling people, you know, how, yo, this is how you could get 30 kills and zero deaths on this map. And Call of Duty Black Ops was the first one that I ever did. I actually, I've never shown this before because it's my first time being on a podcast since I just got my first tattoo yes. on my foot. Um, Dude, let's do this. Right, let's I'm do show this. You guys, this. Nobody's let's ever do seen this. this before. And I'm nervous, bro. <laughs> I've, I've waited a decade to do this. And I was just like, dang, man, I, I didn't want to do it too soon. So I figured after 10 years, I could do it. Oh, I went and I got a. Uh, it's still got the wrapping on it. Got the wrapping on it. I went and I got. My favorite sniper rifle ever. I have over 100,000 kills in Black Ops 1 with this sniper rifle. That's insane. 36 days of playtime. The L96A1. This thing, making YouTube videos yeah. on how to be good with this thing, changed my life. You know, it got me to this yeah. point here, which is crazy. And, um... Yeah, I was like telling the artist, he's like, oh, man, you've wanted this for 10 years. Why didn't you get it? I was like, well, I just didn't want my dad to kick my butt. You know, that's all, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's absolutely incredible, bro. So so your your channel starts taking off a little bit, and you're flourishing, obviously, into this. Now, how many years do you get down the road into this particular gaming environment before you start kind of changing things up? Because like you said, you're in a lot of different things now. Yeah, yeah. So, um. I guess the the bro, do you hear that whistling? Can we it remove is. this and post edit audio? If you guys don't hear yes. this, it's because uh, the audio has been perfected. But man, it is like windy and storming outside, and it is like whistling between the casinos right yeah. now. I, I can hear it so heavy. But yeah, I think of, I think of my career as like um, a few different stages, right? So I started the Call of Duty stuff, and at first I was just making like montages, like Call of Duty sniper montages. It's a, how old are you? I am 35 now. Okay, so I don't know if you ever watched like those or if you were into Call of Duty that much. Oh, yeah, no, because I graduated in 07. Okay, and then so. All through college, bro, that was like. That's We the thing. played Halo, Call of Duty, and Madden. I was going to say, you probably a Halo shit. guy more. Oh, yeah. Okay. I, both. So though. I never played Halo. I went straight to Call of Duty, right? So that few year age difference, like, was either. It's either a Halo or a Call of Duty, typically. I was prime because I was able to do both. You were able to do both. I okay. fell into both hardcore, bro. Beautiful. Um, so. Montages, sniper montages were massive back then. So I started doing a bunch of sniper montages. And then from there, it developed into like gameplay commentary where I would kind of yeah. talk about the game or talk about what I was doing in my life too. I really got popular during that time period where I was doing gameplay commentaries. I got popular for telling a lot of stories as well. Like uh, I grew up in Las Vegas, so I've seen some stuff. Yeah. I went to a bunch of crazy parties out here, you know, and <laughs> uh, I started telling like life stories. And um, I was making videos with guys like um, Luna or Leafy. So if you guys heard of them, like I was right in the mix with those guys. That was like my squad of people. Leafy was like gigantic on YouTube for a while, like 2016, 2017. If you guys know who Ricegum is, the Ricegum era, Jake Paul era, when those guys were coming up, yeah. Leafy was like one of the most massive guys during that time period. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would say from 2009, 2010, when I started making Call of Duty content, that lasted until about... 2015 when i was strictly doing call of duty stuff yeah. and then from there i switched over to like um vlogging slat i was doing almost gaming vlogs i would yeah. go to a gaming convention i'd show up at twitchcon or whatever i'd vlog myself there doing stuff uh i used to work at gamestop so i'd like make little vlogs in gamestop maybe showing up to gamestop and uh being like yo everybody in the store right now who's in here like you five i'll buy all of you guys a game or whatever yeah. and i would do that that would be like a video and then i'd go home and i'd play call of duty 
and I'd kind of break down like why I did the video that day. And so it would be yeah. a vlog slash gameplay. Okay. If that made sense. No, that makes tons of sense. Yeah, so. and that, that's what kind of introduced me more in a vlogger sort of sense to like a mainstream yeah. audience. And I, I think that that got me popular is doing those type of videos where I mix gaming with real life. Yeah. Um. So those were some of my most like viral videos, uh, like GameStop stuff. And then I had a banger uh, in 2016 when the Pokemon Go thing happened. Yes. <laughs> Bro, so much fun. Like, that, dog, like, dog, I got to tell you. Yeah, so yeah, my, my brother. All right. So by the way, so I know we tell this story, but sometimes we got new guests. We got to tell the story again. All right. So shut the fuck up. <laughs> so here's what happened. So we we're our we're two dimes in a token, right? My brother, my brother was a drug addict for a long time, fifteen years. Um, and every time we say two dimes in a token, everybody says Kanyezy is the token token black guy. He's not. So he is our token because every year that he's sober, he gets a token of sobriety, oh. right? So this guy, I'm telling you, bro, when Pokemon Go, like he got into it like three years ago, so it's been out. Oh, like, it's, yeah. And it's, so it's been out. It's done. <laughs> He's just catching back up with the world because he was gone, you know, doing that ish for so long. So he's for like probably four or five nights a week, bro. He gets a job. Dog, he's out there in Taco Bell parking lots, just walking around trying to get new Pokemon, bro. He goes over to KFC and he's like, bro, they got a duo, bro. It's awesome. After 8 p.m., you go through that drive-thru, bro. There's a, oh, what is it? The where a whole bunch of people come together and take out one. He's like, yeah, it's like we all come together, bro. It's awesome. Bro, it's so even to this day, man, like a few months ago, they just had a huge Pokemon meet at one of the parks out here. There's like 4,000 people there. I was like, bro. What? It was a raid. That's what he called him. He's a like, raid. so he'd like hit me up. Like we'd be on a family vacation. He'd be like, hold on, I, I'll get back with you. I'm like, what are you talking about? We're all gonna go to this water park. He's like, just I'll meet you guys there. I got a raid. Like, <laughs> bro, he was so committed to this game, dude. It was hilarious. Yeah, that's but, crazy, dude. When it was popping in 2016, 2017, yeah. it was like crazy. Even still, like people recognize me. They're like, oh, you're the dude. Uh, you're from FaZe Clan, or you're from uh, the stories on YouTube, or yeah. you're from um, the Pokemon Go video. I'm like, dang, bro, I was really doing Pokemon Go? Yeah. But very, like, like maybe one video a week compared to my 10 Call of Duty videos a week, you know? Yeah. But those Pokemon Go videos were just hit such a casual audience mm -hmm. that, like, so my biggest Pokemon Go video, I went to Area 51 because I heard a rumor that Mewtwo was there. <laughs> which would oh, wow. seem like kind of like unsafe and whoever started that rumor is a bad person because like that's dangerous out there You're absolute you know? shit hole. yeah she's a terrible guy bro like you want me to go mess with the government to, be, to maybe get a mewtwo damn so. so that thing got 10 million views though. it was crazy like that that thing was insane like i went out there middle of the desert my gas tank almost went out because i had never been to this part of you had to go to the back gate for this rumor yeah. which the back gate i don't know y'all ever been to area 51 no not area 15 out here shout out area 15 give me yes. a sponsor but yeah. um area 51 yeah. so you have to go into the middle of the desert there's like a small town of like 30 people in a restaurant there and then it's like 10 minutes to get to the gate or the back gate of area 51 you have to go off road through the desert yeah. for like 30 minutes there's like abandoned farms out there. It's very weird. Really? And then you show up in the back and there's just like a government truck up on the hill, like overlooking the back gate. And you know that there's just a dude up there like with a sniper. Like, yes. You know what I mean? Like Call of Duty's become real now. It was crazy, bro. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it, it absolutely banged. It was nuts. So in those years right now, at this time, are you, is this still like something that you're doing as like a hobby or you're like, dude, this is going to be my job? 
Oh, you know what? Um, I'm excuse me. I've been remiss to tell you how I initially got like really popular. So, um, from t 2010 or whatever until 2015, I got like maybe a hundred thousand subscribers. So it took yeah. a long time. But when I first started in 2010, 2011, I was like one of the more well-known guys because the community was so small. Yeah. Then I got started getting really big in Black Ops Two and all that stuff. So, um, you know, it's tough to compete when the market gets so saturated. But then uh, you know, I hit the 100K, and at the time I was working at GameStop, I opened up, this is a big thing in my story, I opened up uh, the box early from Activision, which is, you're not allowed to do that. Yeah. Uh, we got the stuff like two, three weeks early yeah. um, from all the gaming companies, and so while I was working at GameStop, um, I was like, uh, I was just a GA, but I was trusted with the key, so I was kind of like an SGA, yeah. um, which is a GameStop term. Uh, which means basically I had the keys to the place and stuff as well. Uh, got to do, got some extra privileges. I opened up these, this box from Activision because everybody was curious what the next Call of Duty was going to be. Yeah. Opened that bad boy up, and uh, the marketing materials for Black Ops 3 were in there. And I was like... Oh, shit. I said... Nobody's even announced this yet. I'm going to take some pictures and post this to my Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> this is all for me. Yeah, yeah. So ended up um, getting called in to, to work like maybe like two weeks later. And this is actually a really funny story. I don't know why I don't tell this more often. I guess because it went so viral, I figured a lot of people know. But it's been yeah. so long now that like whatever, yeah. statute of limitations or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I get called in. They're like, hey, did you want some extra hours? I said, yeah. Let me get in there. Yeah. I pull up. My district manager's there in the back room. Like, dang, he don't really come out for much. He's on the phone with somebody. I said, yeah. who's he on the phone with? <laughs> oh, like some dude from Activision. He goes, uh, PJ, I'm going to need you to uh, talk to uh, this Activision rep. And I was like, huh, maybe I'm getting a promotion. This is what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, very excited, you know? Yeah. Um, Life's about to change, baby. <laughs> oh, we're going up, dude. And... Anyways, I get on the phone with the Activision guy, and they're like, hey, do you have a social media handle by the name Overt Flow? And I was like, not going to get a promotion, am I? All right. <laughs> <laughs> not happening. So uh, they're like, yeah, we noticed that you have some, uh, some posts here uh, leaking our product. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, they walked me through it, basically told me that um, if I did not delete all my posts, I would be uh, fined. Or sued or something for like ten grand, and at the wow. time I had never even seen ten grand in my life, bro. Yeah. I was like, dang. Now I'd be like this. Do it then. I'm leaving the <laughs> do it, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm getting heck of views, bro. <laughs> but no, man. I just and I've said this to Activision. We're cool now, but I, bro, I just love Call of Duty a lot. I was hyped up about the game. What do you want from me? I'm a big fan. I got your thing tatted on my on my foot, bro. You yeah. know. But now they fly me out to events and all that, so we're cool. Yeah. But yeah, they end up firing me, and then my or they. Did that, everything was cool, and then my district manager was like, all right, now sign this paper saying that you're fired. I was like, dang, bro, what? <laughs> I deleted all the stuff, getting no views from this. And the DM at the time, I don't even know if he was, uh, I wonder if he's still the manager there. I don't even know, but he uh, was like, PJ, you've been a great kid. Everybody loves you, yeah. you know, but you're dumb. And I said, damn. <laughs> And then that month, I made more than he makes, bro. There you go. <laughs> I said, oh, hold on one second. Eat shit. <laughs> yeah. He's a great guy, though. I'm going to go pick him up and, like, uh, uh, I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go rent a Lambo because I don't have one, and I'm gonna go pick him up for a video, though. That sounds cool, right? That does sound very. Taking cool. my manager who fired me out to dinner in a Lambo or something. You know, it could be a that cool video. That actually sounds really cool. But yeah, that went super <laughs> viral um, for me. And uh, that's what, like, boosted me. And then the Pokemon stuff boosted me. And then I got up to, like, half a million subscribers 
Um, from that and from there uh, is when I kind of uh, switched to doing a lot more vlogs and real life stuff and working a lot with like a bunch of the phase boys and a bunch of people in the space. And um, then in 2018, I, I uh, helped with the whole boxing stuff with the Paul brothers, like Jake Paul, Logan yes. Paul, KSI, FaZe Clan. I uh, helped matchmake a little bit on that. I worked with Keemstar on some stuff. I was working, I was living with my friend Keemstar at the time who runs Drama Alert, which is basically TMZ of the YouTubers. Oh, okay. um, And I did that boxing fight in 2018. And then that started this whole other thing where now we're doing boxing events. And then since then, it's been like, you know, my social media boomed on TikTok. I did a lot of stuff with streaming. I had some streaming deals. Uh, but my main focus since then has really been the boxing stuff because now it's just so big. Yeah. You know, so that's kind of been the career path. Though. We went like game. It's always just a roller coaster. Gaming to vlogging to doing some boxing. Then I got into TikTok. And then I got into streaming. And now I'm back doing boxing. Yeah. It's just been a wild ride, to be but honest. But you're, you're also uh, a black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, to signify that, I have this little tiny mini-me. There we go. Little, Look at this, dude. A little, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So how did you get into Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu? Yeah, so... um. I got into Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu because my dad enjoyed boxing, like watching boxing once in a while. Yeah. And um, I was with him when I was like maybe 14. I was over at his house and um, he's like, Pat, come down here. Uh, boxing is on. And so I went downstairs and these guys started like elbowing each other in the face and all this stuff. And the guy took him down, threw him on the ground. My dad's like, yo, that's illegal. It's <laughs> like OG UFC type thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he was like, he goes... That's not, he's not allowed to do that. And then he's like, this is not boxing. And he's this? like, yeah, he's like, yo, what is this? <laughs> and it was UFC. It was a Chuck Liddell fight. Oh, so, yeah. Oh. Yeah. He was like, he was like, okay, we're going to go sign up for this. Yeah. And so we ended up going to a MMA gym and through the MMA gym, uh, I just realized, and my dad wrestled in high school. He went to state for wrestling. Yeah. Um, and he, uh. So I always grew up kind of like wrestling around with him and stuff, and he'd like walk by me and you know throw me down and stuff. So I, when I we went to the MMA gym, I just started uh, really liking jujitsu, mm -hmm. and so from there I did some wrestling, some jujitsu, some judo. But really, I stuck with the jujitsu, and I've been doing that now since I've been fourteen or fifteen, I think, somewhere in that age range. Oh. And I'm black belt in jujitsu. It's like, uh, yeah, it's my favorite thing probably ever. That's awesome, man. So you you've been doing that for a minute, and the boxing yeah. came later, kind of thing. Yeah, I probably only have a few months of boxing in my whole life. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. So let me ask you this: when when you got into this undercard, especially with the whole you know Paul KSI thing, right? What was that experience like for you, and and how did you like inject yourself into that environment? Yeah. So okay. So at the time. Um, so KSI had just done his first match against Joe Weller, mm -hmm. uh, early 2018. And at that time I was living with my friend Keemstar, um, who's massive on the internet. Everybody's probably seen him. I don't know if, do you know who he is or no? I know of him. But you know, uh, yeah. yeah. Even if you don't know him, like people will be like, I have no idea who you're talking about. And I'll show them a picture of him. And they're like, like I know oh yeah, guy. I know him. <laughs> he, he like does the news or whatever. So I was living with him in New York and, um, KSI had that first fight and then called out the Paul brothers, Jake Poole, Logan Poole, any of the Poole brothers. I don't know why their last name is Poole to him, probably an English thing. But either way, <laughs> um, called them out. And once the whole stuff started, uh, you know, getting serious and everything started getting put together, um, KSI's coach at the time, striking coach, was a guy by the name of FaZe Sensei, a guy in FaZe Clan, um, 
who was known for being a black belt in uh, karate, I believe. He's like mm -hmm. American karate or something like that. His dad owns all of these gyms in Boston. And he was uh, helping KSI with his striking. He was like his striking coach at the time, basically. Yeah. And he wanted to find the card, but he would be really the only legitimate, like, professional. He was already a professional fighter at the time. Yeah. He was a professional kickboxer. And I had heard through the grapevine that he had two opponents that were supposed to fight him. I think that I can say it at this point. It's been so long. I don't even care. And if it comes back around, then fight me. But only in the street, though, you know. Uh, I'm 260, bro. <laughs> so uh, he was supposed to fight a guy by the name of Adam Sala, I believe. And then he pulled out um, because I think a weight difference. And then he was supposed to fight a guy. I believe that they were... Uh, he was supposed to fight Fight Tips, who's another YouTube channel with, like, millions of subscribers. But I think that that guy had, like, some contracts or he was doing some coaching or something. And I believe that he didn't want to look bad if he lost or whatever because he had these brand deals or something. Yeah. And I believe that that was the story. If I'm wrong, then correct me. But that's what I heard, bro. Yeah. Um, so nobody wanted to fight him, basically. He was a professional fighter. Nobody would do it. Um, and at this time, the card was really just, like, a bunch of random YouTubers underneath. Yeah. And, like, well-known YouTubers and stuff, but, like, nobody was actually a fighter. The only people really taking it serious was, like, the Paul brothers and the Olatunji brothers, you know? Yeah. Um. So I, I ended up being like, look, I'm not a boxer. I'm a martial artist, though, and I'll take this fight. And I was already friends with JJ, uh, with KSI, and then with Faye Sensei. I had done videos with him before. Um, so I called him up. I called up JJ. I told Kim we all got on a call, and we were like, yep, let's do it. And I think that that not only... um. Was it all? It was cool to have like two real martial artists on the card, but not only uh, was it cool, but I think it legitimized the whole card too by saying, "Hey, it's not just the Paul brothers, the Alatunji brothers. We actually have legitimate like martial artists on the card as well." Yeah. It diversified it a little bit than yeah. just being a bunch of like random people throwing hands for the first time. It was yeah, it was a great marketing tactic because you have people that are actually trained in some type of right. form of martial arts and that type of thing. No, I I get where you're coming from. So. When you're when you're there and you're in that environment, right, and like fight nights coming around, like what is kind of going through your mind? Because this is the first thing of its kind when yeah. it's not, you know, like professional boxing association or the UFC, which is still on a big rise during this time, right? Correct. This is the first like influencer driven type thing. So like, how are you feeling in the moment? You know, I just. I just thought that it would be massive and it was cool to me to think about like I've always done combat sports and I grew up in Vegas which is like MMA capital fight capital of the world yeah and um I always did social media and people who followed me knew that I did jujitsu and so it's kind of cool to think like hey I'm gonna finally get to do um a combat sport and kind of mix my personal life with my social media life in a way you know yeah I was like it's it, it's cool so I was very excited about that and I knew that it would be big but um this is a great way of putting it. So I told my dad, I'm like, Dad, uh, I'm fighting in England. You got to come with me. I'm doing a boxing match. And he was like, okay, cool. And up till this point, you have to remember that, like, I had been to gaming events. Um, but, you know, nobody, uh, like, really knew in my personal life how big the whole internet stuff was. Because yeah. I started YouTube before most people, like... Like, people now that have millions of subscribers, even though I never hit a million on YouTube. I had half a million was my max. But people now that have millions and millions of followers will come up to me and be like, bro, you were one of the, you were one of the first YouTubers the I watched. Like, I'm like, oh, yeah. gee. So really everything I did, though, happened online. And numbers on a screen, like views, don't really tell the whole story, right? So my dad, like, didn't even really know. He's like, okay, cool. Well, I'll go with you because I'm going to support you. You're my son, yeah. you know? Um and so he came out with me, and we got to the arena, and we're getting limoed everywhere. We got interviews. It's like very, like pretty serious. And my dad's like, 
It's like, what's going on here? <laughs> you know? Like, what's happening? This is like, I feel like this Seems is real. serious, bro. I thought you played video games. You gotta, what's going on, man? And so, I thought you played games, bro. Yeah, what, what, in, the, what in the world? So, um, we show up and we get to the arena that night. And uh, we go backstage and there's that big curtain like that separates the backstage from the arena where all the fans are. Mm -hmm. And so, we're walking backstage. And before we go back to my room to get uh, to the... To the um to get warmed up my warm up room or whatever, yeah. uh we're walking back and my dad like goes up to the curtain because he's like obviously you hear all the fans there, and uh he looks through the curtain and if you don't know it was in Manchester Arena it's the same one where Tommy Fury KSI Logan yeah. Dylan Dan is gonna fight this time which I'm supposed to be fighting on as well by the way, um yeah, yeah we had an opponent but he uh, said no so now we're in the looking for another one we'll see how either way. I'm running half of that event with we'll Keith. See how it goes. See how it goes, which is exciting. We got the Happy Punch prelims going on, um, but yeah, so it's, it was in the Manchester Arena, which uh, capacity twenty one thousand people. Yeah. It's full, bro. Twenty one thousand people. Wow. Full, maxed out. We had, uh, I think that Ariana Grande had done it the week before us, and yeah. Britney Spears or somebody was doing it like the week after, wow. and like that weekend was us. Yeah. And so my dad peeks through the curtain, twenty one thousand people, like screaming in there, yeah. and my dad like turns around and looks at me. And he's like, his eyes were all watering, and he's like, Pat, I'm so proud of you. What? I didn't know it was going to be like this. And I was like, oh, yeah. I, I didn't know you were the real deal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it gets crazy. Because I would show up to gaming events, and I'd have, like, I'd do an autograph signing. I'd probably, probably do, like, 400 autographs, you know? Yeah. Um, take pictures with hundreds of people. So, like, I, I knew that there was something there. Yeah. Um, but this was the first event. And obviously, like, all these guys are massive names, a lot bigger than I am, you know? And uh, so everybody together, especially KSI, was just so big, man. And, um, yeah, it was uh, it was really a surreal experience. And I, I had fought before in front of, like, maybe 1,000 people or 1,500 people. I had fought, like, jujitsu matches before. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, nothing like that. That was crazy. That's, like, a feeling, like, I actually um, – that feeling is like crazier than anything else. Obviously, like performing in front of that many people and stuff, like um, that's like such a high that most people never get, you know. So that's probably been the coolest part about it. And I, I will say, um, it's a little bit addicting. So like, I want to get in there, not even so much for the money or the fighting or any of that, just to get that like high feeling of like, yeah. whoa, I was just like, yeah. what well, we're really doing this, bro? Oh, like, you get in the ring and the dude punches you, are like, whoa, whoa, you just hit me, dude. That's crazy. <laughs> Everybody's just watching and nobody's helping me. This is dude, nuts. <laughs> that is that is fantastic. No, I, dude, I can pick up what you're laying down because that's that's got to be such an enticing thing, man. Like you. The moment that your name is called, like, or your your music comes on, oh, and you're, yeah. like, walking down, and people are just going nuts, and you're just, like, you know what I'm saying? All 21,000 of these people, or Crazy. even half of them, yeah, yeah. are just, like, I'm walking down the aisle, and they're freaking out. Bro, and it don't matter whether they're, like, booing or screaming for you. Yeah. They're all freaking out in some capacity. Yeah. So it's all cool, man, and as long as you're there and you're a fan, like, people think that I would get upset about people being like, yo, you're a trash at boxing, kid, like... <laughs> Like, damn, bro. Well, thank you for being invested, my brother. <laughs> like, that's dope <laughs> to me. Like, you're a fan of it, man. Like, yeah. It's like if I go, if I go pick up uh, a new game, I'm like, yo, this game sucks. It doesn't mean that I hate the series. It's just like, yo, I wish that it was better because I like it so much. Yeah. So if you wish that I was better at boxing, thank you, bro. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, bro. Me too. <laughs> so that's awesome, man. So you're now that event happens, and pretty much you're on a whole new playing field, and and. In your perspective, what kind of direction do you want to go? Because you've been doing a lot of gaming stuff. Mm -hmm. Now, all of a sudden, you're like, dude, 
this boxing thing's got something to it. So what's like your next steps after that? So after that, I, um, after that, I went, uh, I'm just thinking I have a lot of personal life stuff. I try to keep my personal life separate, but one, one day, one day, hopefully soon I'll, I'll divulge some of that information. Once people hear the whole story, it's going to be crazy, but, um, We'll, we'll say, we'll maybe, say that. maybe come back and yeah, drop, yeah, maybe pod. come back and drop it on the two dimes pod. Yeah, 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 we'll yeah. <laughs> bro. Once people figure out and they like, it's gonna connect a lot of dots, and people are gonna be like, "Oh my goodness!" Like this may all everything I've done will make so much more sense. Yeah. But it's Illuminati stuff, bro, for sure. I feel but, you. <laughs> <laughs> but but um, yeah, after that, I, I you know I started doing the gaming thing more, and I got more into like. I started getting so many crazy offers that maybe didn't even make sense for me, but made sense for people around me. So I started doing like some some management deals, um, and I did a bunch of that. And then in 2019, I signed a deal with TikTok, um, which was very early on, obviously for TikTok. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I was uh, one of the first. Me and some of the me and Phase Clips, uh, the original founder of Phase Clan, we were like two of the biggest gamers on TikTok mm -hmm. uh, right out the gate. You know, yeah. we were the first guys to switch over. Uh, from the mainstream gaming community like Call of Duty, we were the first guys to really switch over um, and get big on TikTok right away. So we helped. Um, we like I'm the I'm the guy. Me and Clips are the guys who got everybody on Phase Clan uh, onto TikTok. Uh, verified a bunch of gamers. Like we brought over dozens of these big gamers in the space, wow. um, and people don't even know that. You know, like yeah. it's not something I go around shouting on podcasts or anything. That'd be crazy. <laughs> But you know I should more, bro, because yes. like, bro, give me some credit, man. Get your, I, get your credit, bro. Yeah, I get, get my it where credit, it's, bro. Get it where it's due, bro. Now people really like. It's so funny. It reminds me of my homie Keemstar. Uh, there'll be documentaries on YouTube, like these long, hour-long, two-hour-long documentaries about like the rise and fall of certain YouTubers or what happened here, big dramatic things that happen. And every doc, Keemstar is involved somehow. And the top comment I always see is like. Bro, why is Keemstar always involved in this in some way? <laughs> and it's kind of funny because I'm like. In a similar capacity, I have my hands in a lot of different cookie jars because I'd be liking cookies, you know, and like yeah. I'm always involved in some way around something. And there's a reason why all your favorite YouTubers and all your favorite social media people know me or respect me, you know, because like yeah. I really do be involved in a lot behind the scenes. And um, so, yeah, I started the TikTok stuff, uh, got big on there. I got two million followers on TikTok. I mainly did a lot of gaming stuff. Um, and then... Obviously, people know me for the boxing as well, and it's it's gotten so big that it's undeniable, you know, at this point. And so I've really started doing more on that side, but I still stream video games. I still stream like Warzone and Fortnite. Um, I'll never uh, I'll never be out of touch with my gaming roots. You know, I've been yeah. gaming since I've been. My grandpa bought me a Nintendo sixty four when I was a kid. Uh, the original OG system, dude. Uh, freaking Nintendo sixty four. Uh, Super Mario 64. Yes. We play that all the time. And ever since then, I've just been gaming so much, man, that I'll always game. And if, like, yo, I've been in talks with, like, Rumble and Kick. Yeah. Uh, my TikTok deal is cur is currently over for streaming. So if anybody wants to hit me up and give me a nice little fat uh, deal, I'll definitely – I'll come over. I'll stream all the time. I was pulling, like, maybe 2 million views a month on my streams, which is decent. Yeah. So – um, peaking at like a thousand concurrent. So if anybody wants to hit me up with a nice little fat deal, let's do it, man. Yeah, that's fantastic. So now I'm going to interject before, as we continue yes. on your journey. Now, top three games that you got for N64. For N64, bro, I feel like I only had a couple because I was so young, man. I think um, my top three games, I mean, uh, uh, obviously I'm going to go with uh, Mario, yep. just so obvious. Uh, was Crash Bandicoot, or not Crash Bandicoot, was Banjo-Kazooie on that? Yep. Yep. Banjo Kazooie was super dope. Yep. Um, uh, I played a lot of Goldeneye. 
God. Gotta do Goldeneye, man. Uh, OG what else? Right there. OG. Uh, Chameleon, Chameleon Twist was a game I think I played. Bomberman was a game. Yep. Oh, Goemon, the Mystical Ninja. Big fan of that. I'm going to go ahead and say that though, if I can think of any more, I, I I'll say it. But those are the ones right I now. I got it. It's always Mario. Uh, remember Star Fox? Oh, yeah, Star and Fox. Then, and then Goldeneye. Star Fox, so sick. Was, I played so much Star Fox. Oh, my God. So much. It felt so good playing that game. There's zero. Wow. So I had I had one Nintendo 64 cartridge that was like a green one. Do we know any green? It's like a, the cartridge was green. I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. It's it cool, though. It the green cartridge N64 game. Loved it. Whatever it was, it was yeah, awesome. Shout out to that company. Yeah. So, so now, like you said, you're kind of into a little bit more behind the scenes stuff. So it seems like you're putting more things together. You'll never leave your roots, but what do you find yourself enjoying the most now? Well, right now, like I'm still streaming and I'm making content, but the biggest thing that I'm doing now is um, I have a company called Happy Punch with Keemstar. Yeah. So uh, Keemstar and Fuzzy developed it. I'm not sure if you know who FuzzyTube is. Massive prankster. Like one of the OG massive pranksters. Uh, he's also fought a few times as well. And um, just a really big OG in the space. And as of lately, bro, he actually blew up on kick streaming yeah. for uh, doing a 24-7 stream for 60 days straight. I think he said in that 60 days, he made like 300K and he got a multi-million dollar deal with kick. And Shit. this is a guy who had like... At one point, I think he had like $7 million in his bank account, and then he got all the way down to 10000 because he just had some bad choices made along the way or whatever. And then um, from ten k in his bank to now multi-million dollar deals and stuff, I'm, I'm very happy for him. But That's awesome. Unfortunately, he split from the Happy Punch company, so I kind of stepped up to kind of help fill the role because him and Keemstar were dual like partners in it, and then he fell out. So now I've been trying to step up and help in whatever way possible with all, all the stuff with Keemstar. So I'm like one of the leaders of Happy Punch now, yeah. um, which is a uh, boxing company. So all the guys that you see boxing on the events, yeah. um, like half of those guys are signed to Happy Punch. Awesome. And then we're partners with Misfits Boxing. Shout out Misfits, which this is KSI's company. Yeah. And then Happy Punch is Keemstar's company. Um, and we're partnered with KSI. So KSI is our direct partner. Uh, so this Tommy Fury, KSI, Dylan, Dennis, Logan, Paul event that's happening in October, yeah. we run the first five fights on the event, and then Misfits runs the le the next five fights. Oh, uh, okay. So it's kind of like, you know the UFC, you know yeah. how they have the um, the prelims? Yes. And those that's are free? That's exactly, yes, exactly. And then it builds into the pay-per-view? it builds into the pay-per-view, yes. So Happy Bunch is the, is the prelims. Nice. So we're the free prelims, we build into the pay-per-view, and basically if you do very well on Happy Bunch, you get to fight on Misfits. That's awesome. It's pretty cool. And then half the guys that fight on Misfits are also our fighters. So, like, yeah. guys like Saul Poppy, um, Anthony Taylor, uh, uh, these guys are, like, signed me, Overflow, Chase Damore. Uh, yeah, so it, it's just it, it's just crazy, man. It's gotten so big. And we're kind of like a, uh, a one-stop shop for all things influencer boxing. So we do all the news. We do, like, Twitter spaces, podcasts. Um, we have the fighters. We do the promotion. We do the events. And we're going to be doing some solo events as well with the blessings of Misfits and DAZN. We're also going to be running our own, not in competition with, but in a um, 
in a like you fight on Happy Punch, you could get on Misfits. So we're gonna be doing the prelims with Misfits, yeah. but also our own solo events, which is so sick. Yeah, that that's insane. So you're you're running parallel with them, basically like, hey yeah. guys, you have this, and we all work together, we grow together. Exactly, that's exactly. Insane, bro. And we're kind of like people always ask me like, what even are you guys? Are you a team? <laughs> are you this? And I was like, we're kind of like the Avengers of the YouTube boxing <laughs> space, bro. We collected like all the dopest dudes and just put them on a team. We're just like a team of people that all got the same. Yeah. Like goal in mind, you know. That's insane, man. So, God, that's such a crazy idea. So, what what kind of things do you guys have for the future? Obviously, like you said, you're doing your single events. Like when ten years down the road, man, where do you want this to be? What do you see from this, man? I mean, I know that's a very big. No, it is. Kind of question. It reminds me of the question of like, where do you see yourself in five years? Like, bro, I don't even know. All I know is if I keep doing things that I love, that I'm passionate about, that we keep doing positive things for people around us, it's gonna go somewhere good, right? Like. I don't, five years ago, YouTube boxing just started, right? Yeah. So it's just so hard to gauge exactly where we want to be. I know we want to be like a $100 million company. Yeah. Uh, Misfits is um, valued at $100 million plus already. So I imagine Happy Punch has to be at least 20 30% of that. Yeah. Um, we want to get to a $100 million valuation, which would be insane. And we want to... You know, I see this being as big as the UFC. You know, I see this being as big as all of that. And I think that uh, even bigger than that, we're not in, to me, you know, other people might feel differently. I don't know. But I, I don't see us as being competition with anybody. I see it as like, dude, I want to collab and work with all these people even more. Like, for example, um, uh, I'm in talks with BKFC, right, to do some yeah. stuff with them. We just had uh, Bryce Hall fight over there, influencer, yeah. right? He got 5 million views in the first couple days on his fight, wow. which is massive for them. I think yeah. that they average way less than that. Like, I don't know, but maybe... 50 to 100k views a video then he fights over there 5 million so it only makes sense we all build each other so I would love to do collaborations with the BKFC I just got invited out Dana White invited me out to UFC 291 or whatever Yeah. I would love to see one day a Happy Punch UFC collab you know maybe yes. one of our fighters gets to fight in the UFC <laughs> maybe me you know? <laughs> I don't know I would love to see Karate <laughs> Combat for example Just they're flying uh, I, we just did a little deal with them they're flying out Happy Punch to the yeah. Karate Combat in the Dominican Republic next week. Yeah. So um, that's happening. Game Bread FC is flying me out to the Bare Knuckle MMA event that they're doing in Florida. Wow. And, like, why be in competition when we could all work together and grow so much more, you know? Yeah, see, I love, I love I, that I just mentality, think it makes sense. Man. See, and that's that's one thing that was when, – when we first started this platform, and it's like, you know how it is, bro. When you're first getting going, like, bro – no one watches it is yeah. what it is you got to work at it you got to bust your ass you got to do things you wouldn't normally do but if you're, if you're passionate about it and you love it then it'll flourish right my big thing is i've always loved the collabs i've always loved the idea of bringing more and more people into that so you can all lift each other up and we've had arguments about this on our podcast all the time especially with because we've had a lot of business owners we've had owners of dealerships we've had people that own gyms like all kinds of stuff right and that's been a huge emphasis so when you say it like i love the fact that i'm sitting here with a fucking a, i'm gonna say it not not riding here pretty awesome dude very okay. successful human being but he's saying the same things that I've preached. So me, myself now, I'm on a pedestal. You can't ruin it. Awesome. <laughs> no, it's so true, man. I, why, why would I not want to walk around with, like, uh, a happy punch hat that says, you know, whatever, happy punch, UFC collab? Or yes. Why would I not want that? Why would exactly. BKFC not want that 5 million views all the time on each event by having yes. a happy punch influencer fight on there? Exactly. Why would Jorge Masvidal not want... 
one of our guys to come over and like bring our crowd over there. Why? Yeah. You know, of course we all want this. Just like Misfits, Mis- I, I believe I don't know exactly how this deal worked, um, but I know that uh, like uh, BKFC lent out their their uh, champion Alan Belcher to come fight on Misfits. Yeah, to get some extra eyeballs on it. You know, to kind of mix awesome. that crowd. I know that we loaned a bunch of Misfits fighters over to uh, another boxing organization recently. Yeah, and it's like. To me, it just makes so much sense. This is a Bape Phase Clan collab, right? So this is a clothing brand. Phase also did a collab with Nike, right? Bape and Nike, you know, they both do clothing and stuff like that. But, like, I just don't see the benefit of, like, pretending that these other people don't exist when, in reality, bro, we can all build each other. How sick is it to see, like, a collab like this of two massive brands in different space? It's dope. That is. That is awesome. So switching gears a little bit. Over the past few years, like you said, you've come across so many different people, bro. You've been across the entire world. You put on mm-hmm. events. You've been fighting. You've been doing this. Um, has there anybody who you've kind of met where you've been like, holy fuck, like that's him or that's her? Um, Dang. I, I mean, ah, I mean, for me, it was really meeting like all the big like YouTubers back when I first yeah. started going to events was the dopest to me is like yeah. meeting like guys that I've watched on YouTube forever. Honestly, like, so just, I'll say a personal one and then I'll say one that everyone everybody wants to hear, right? Yeah. So personally for me, it was the dopest thing in the world to meet Wings of Redemption. So he is an OG Call of Duty YouTuber. He's like one, he's probably, I want to say, so Chris Smoove, Wings of Redemption, those were the first two guys I ever watched on YouTube and I don't know who I watched first, but I think it was Wings. Um, and I've always thought of Wings as being the first guy I watched. He was a Call of Duty YouTuber. And recently, we actually signed him to a Happy Punch fight. Yes. And he came out. And if you don't know who he is, he is an OG Call of Duty YouTuber that everybody in the world knows who he is. If you're from the space, he's, I don't know what he weighs, 400 pounds, m- monster behind the screen, like playing Call of Duty. But then everybody kind of like... Um, he's had such a roller coaster. Like people used to love him, then they hate him, then they love to hate him, and all this. Yeah. And he's had redemption in some way because he signed on to do a boxing fight, and he just fought in front of, I, I want to say it was fifteen thousand people or twenty thousand people at Wembley Arena in London. Holy shit! And he won his fight. Yeah. And this is a man who never leaves his house. He only streams. That's all he does, bro. And he he's never even he I don't even know if he's even like left his city more than a handful of times. Oh shit. And we got him to fly across the world to fight an arena in front of tens of thousands of people. That's so crazy. But meeting him, the guy who inspired me to start making content, was probably the coolest thing to me. Yeah. Right? So that was for me, that was cool. Um now something that people would want to hear is um I know Mr. Beast, right? I've known yeah. Mr. Beast forever. Uh, we used to be in like Skype calls and group chats where we would all bounce ideas off of each other because he was part of the Call of Duty community as well back in the day. Yeah. And um, we all there was a group of us that used to brainstorm and do giveaways together and like, yo, let's give away a PlayStation for this Christmas. And then Mr. Beast just kept taking it to a different level, like from um, from doing a PlayStation giveaway to doing five PlayStations to doing a car to doing a house to doing whatever he's doing now, giving away the prince of uh, yeah. this country or yeah. whatever he's doing, bro. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> right? Yeah, no, it's wild, man. I've captured a government official. I'm giving away to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> like, bro, it's just massive. So, like, um, 
Jimmy, love you, bro. I appreciate the advice back in the day, and I appreciate that uh, that you still follow me and respect me on Twitter, bro. I see him so <laughs> randomly once in a while, like at random events, and uh, he's got a lot of love for the OGs, bro. And yeah. it's it's cool that um, he's stayed in touch with his roots very well as well, and now he's like the biggest guy in the world. I'm I'm so uh, excited about that. I love that. Put me in a challenge, bro. I wanna I wanna uh, I want I would love to win a, a human a human yes. being government official or yeah, whatever. You're human being away. government official. Yeah, dude. a small Blood island, ride. bro. <laughs> Yo, give me, yeah, giving away a giant squid to one lucky guy who stands on it for the the most amount of time. That's you know, awesome. whoever holds hand with a giant squid the longest gets it. That's bro. awesome, bro. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be Dude. sick. So, ideas, bro, by the way. I yes. want 10% of that squid. There Calamari. you go. So, um, the going in, man. So, one of the things you have posted, which I'll be honest, I'm a huge UFC fan. I have been a diehard fan since I was young and I saw their first content come yeah. out, right? And you have a picture with Dana White. Like you said, you got invited out to one of those. What was the what was that experience like, especially being able to have this idea where you can start collabing with the UFC? Did you have a lot of excitement getting into that into that conversation? Or? Yeah, yeah. So um basically this is all rough drafts people you gotta manifest things right he didn't yeah. invite me out to collaborate with the ufc exactly they uh they the ufc team just knows me because i'm an influencer out here in vegas yeah. i've been around for a long time yep um but you know it's the beginning stages of something because when you see him collaborating with you know at first they didn't even want to acknowledge the youtube boxing community now you have to it's too big it's undeniable yeah YouTubers are too big. Influencers, whatever you want to call them, content creators, too big. Now he, they have deals with Nelk, right? They have the, the Nelk full send UFC collabs. Uh, Aiden Ross coming out to all, all the events. Ryskin was just with me at the event. Um, and now it's getting to a place where uh, it's going to happen more often. Prime by uh, Logan Paul and KSI. Obviously, you know, that's too big to deny. Yes, G Fuel is my baby. This is what I do. But also because I work with KSI, they send me packages of Prime all the time, you know, and I, I love that, bro. And I love that it's being recognized on such a global scale. And I think that I got to sit down and talk with Dana White for like just like 10, 15 minutes or whatever. Yeah. Explain, you know, I had met him a long time ago when I was maybe 19 or 20. And now 10 years later, I'm meeting him again, but this time in a more professional business capacity. Yeah. And I explained to him what I do in the YouTube boxing scene. And I know that maybe it's not his favorite thing, but it's undeniable, you know? Yeah. And so I'm going to continue working with them in that capacity, just coming out to promote the events and such. Yeah. And that can only lead to a place where there's the full send UFC collab. There has to be a happy punch UFC thing at some point, you know? Yeah. Um, so it is cool. It does feel very cool to be respected to some degree as like um you know respected that we're doing our thing yeah and and on top of that like you said i mean because you do have you've uh, i mean you build a great career and you have a lot of influence in what you do so even when you're when you're being brought out to those events and you're invited it's like hey i'm i'm bringing some eyes over here let's talk a little bit yeah you know so i i totally get where you're coming from so what is across everything that you've done because obviously like we talked about dude you've been to so many different events right what is like your f top event or, or better yet, what's the top city besides Vegas uh -huh. that you've been to where the event was great, the environment was awesome? What would you say that is for you? The, so for me, ah, I've been a lot of places. I'm That's going a lot saying, more. Bro. bro, I'm going a lot more places here soon, which is and so if, sick. And if you want to rank them, you can go top three. Um. I'm going to give you one. Okay. No, wait. Yeah, I'm going to do one just because it's yeah. like, 
we're going to just go with London. I actually love London, bro. And I've been to a, maybe half dozen places over in the UK, but yeah. I spent a lot of time in London lately. Yeah. Uh, obviously, KSI is over there, and, you know, Misfits is based out of there. Yeah. So I spent a lot of time over there. Probably two weeks every other month I'm in London. Yeah. And um, I'm going to get an apartment out there uh, just because I'm there so much. It makes sense. But it's one of the few cities I've been to that I can say, you know what? I actually, like, it offers a lot. Yeah. And typically, like, because I'm from Vegas, I'm so spoiled, bro. I'm such a spoiled brat. I'll go places, <laughs> and it'll be like 4 a.m. I'm like, I want a, I want a steak and an adult beverage. And people are like, yo, it's past midnight. You got to buy <laughs> drinks, dude? Or, like, w nobody's open to cook you food. And it's like, yo, why are you guys living in, in medieval times over here? It's upsetting <laughs> to me, bro. I'm an adult. I want to uh, – come on. So, but London, I went out there, and one of the, one of the first times I went out, I ended up going out all night until like 11 a.m., like from 6 p.m. till 11 a.m., yeah. and there was never a lapse in the night where I felt like, oh, everything is closed. Yeah. If you're around that central area in London, you could really like, it really feels like you're on the strip in Vegas. So yeah. um, I would say London. And also, you know what doesn't, doesn't hurt either is that you go out there, and you know when you hear like a girl with a London accent, you're like, oh, that's kind of cute. That's kind of <laughs> cute. Yo, you pull up to London, and... I'll go to the bar and like everybody's just kind of like cold and British and I'll be like, I'll get to the bar. I'll be like, yo, y'all got, um, y'all got G Fuel here? And instantly, <laughs> like there's like 30 people around me. They're like, oh, are you American? <laughs> like, yeah, come on over guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty dope. Dog, that, that's actually real funny. We, I have some very close friends of mine that are from, uh, from London. So they, they've come over for a couple of events and we've gone and stayed with them and stuff. So going to some of the pubs over there. Yeah. Absolutely fucking dope. Bro. It's just so I love funny. it. It's so awesome. Like the environment there too, a lot that I've noticed. And, and this is going to be a little bit different from what some people will say. I would rather go out to a pub over there than I would in the States. And the only reason why is like, I'm a big dude. And especially like a few years ago when I was playing ball still and I was, you know, big as shit. Anytime someone gets a little bit litty, it's like a lot of aggression, a mm -hmm. lot of this, a lot of people starting to dude. And I'm a chill guy. Like, I don't want any of that. It's like, bro, let me buy you a beer. Like, it's all good. But over there, it was like the coolest thing. The moment, like you said, the moment, oh, you're American. And it's Everybody's like, so cool to you. Hey, hey, let's hang out. Right. And you're just like, all right, let's do it, bro. What's up? And you get like four, four, ten people around you throwing darts, having a fucking great time. And you just, it's just, it's undeniable in your words, right? It's like pretty privilege, bro. You know, yes. it's like, dang, you know, people treat you nicer when you're prettier. It's just a fact of the matter, you know? Wow. Ah, bro, I've been all over the place. Sometimes I feel pretty some days and sometimes not, you know? But over there, you get a little bit of like, Oh, you're foreign privilege, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's just like if I was over here and I ran into some yeah. random person who's like from Australia or something, I'd be like, yo, this dude's cool. Let's keep him tonight, you know? <laughs> you ever do that? You go like- That's awesome. I mean, it's a, it might be a very Vegas thing because there's so many tourists here. Yeah. But if I go out with like a group of friends and you run it like, oh, there's two people from Australia here. Cool. And like, then you let's meet go, them. dude. Yeah, let's all go together to the next <laughs> spot. And by the end of that, you got like 40 random people from all different places. Wow. You got a gang of like tourists, like- Y'all hanging out with it. So cool. It's kind of cool. I don't know. I'd be doing that a lot. I'd be like, yo, you, you come in with us, you know? Dog, so. Hey, Mexico, you're on our team tonight. <laughs> Man, come on, you're with us, yeah. baby. Let's ride. It's like everybody's just from a different place. We got this guy from Norway, this Mexican dude, two Australians. That's it's like awesome. It's such a cool, like, uh, 
Vegas is great because you get such a cool mix of people. That's awesome, dude. So I'm actually going to break into a different segment that we do, but I'm pretty, I'm confident you already answered it, to be honest. We okay. had the, we always have our segment. If you see our podcast room, we have a big thing that says bad decisions make better stories. Mm -hmm. um, so we always ask every guest, hey, what is a horrible decision that you've made that turned out to be one of the best things that ever happened to you? And if I'm going back here, almost bold enough to say, it sounds like, Snapping the Call of Duty stuff a little Ooh. early. Yeah, you know what? I was gonna say like I'm. I've never been a guy who uh, who is like, yo, that's such a bad decision. You yeah. know, I've always been like, that's the decision, and this is how it went. This I, is how it went. I don't know. I, I've never been somebody who's like, I regret this or I think that or yeah. whatever. But if I had to pick just like a like a stupid choice that turned out good, yeah, it was a stupid calculated choice. I'm like a stupid genius. Uh, <laughs> was probably doing the the. Taking the pictures, and getting fired from corporate America, you know, yes, yes. <laughs> somewhere, something, doing something like that was like, um, that was probably a bad choice, but it led to a good place. And you know, I didn't, I didn't mean no harm by it, yeah. but it was probably, it, was, it wouldn't be, I wouldn't advise that. I wouldn't advise getting fired as like a, a a strategy yeah to try and start your new yeah, yeah. career yo go try to get fired and then try to survive afterwards <laughs> like you know what i mean it's just such a bad choice like i don't know at what point is it go get evicted and then try to figure your life out it's like it's not a good strategy it's not a great strategy but sometimes you hear about like artists who got evicted and they're like i had to live in my car for six months but now I'm rich. And yeah, it's like, now I'm rich. Yeah, but you know, for every one of you, there's like forty thousand that, that didn't just, make it. Yeah, bro, it's not good advice. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Oh shit. So, <laughs> all right. Well, it seems like we got that one out of the way. So that's pretty dope. So, um, as going back, I had another version of this question, dude. You've you've done so many different things now in your career. Like you've gotten into boxing, all this stuff, right? We've recapped it all. Do you ever stop and slow down and you're like, holy shit, dude. Like, how did I get here? Do you ever have those moments? Um, no, I feel like, honestly, this is so bad of me. You know what? I was going to say this. I just feel like I don't do enough. I need to do a lot more, you know, is how yeah. I feel. Um, I really feel like, um, I really feel, especially lately, I've been looking in the mirror like, bro, what are you doing? Do more. So I need to get some more fights under my belt. Yeah. I need to do some more stuff and get some more accomplishments because, like, uh, I do have a desire to do more. And I think it's kind of similar. So, like, people think, oh, you got your black belt, bro. Um, what are you, done, you know? And I'm like, I really feel like I don't know anything, dude. <laughs> I got to figure this out, bro. <laughs> yeah. It kind of reminds me, this is a funny story to relate back to gaming. Uh, so, you play Call of Duty, you know you prestige, right? Yes, absolutely. So, uh, when I was blowing up on my YouTube channel, my cousin was living with me. Mm. And uh, my cousin's, like, my best friend. And uh, but and he played games. He played a lot of like zombies with me, but he wasn't like a huge gamer, right? Like me, I'm like nerdy about it. Like I was always the friend that got like too good at gaming, and then I couldn't play with my normal friends anymore because they'd be like, "Bro, you just sub zero froze me like 80 times during that match, and like I didn't even hit you, dude. It's not fun playing Mortal yeah. Kombat with you anymore." <laughs> but you know what I mean? I was always like that guy. So, yeah. um, anyways, I got to Prestige Master on Black Ops One. And that's like, it's over. Like, you maxed out. You can't, you don't get no more, like, you can't score any more points or get, like, higher points. You're done for the game for, like, that, to put it in common terms, right? You're just yeah. done. You're at the top level. Um, uh, and I was like, yo, I hit Prestige Master, dude. He's like, dang. So what, you're like, what happens now? Like, you're done? And I was like, nah. Now I finally get to play. 
You know, because yeah. like now there's no more stress of like trying to max out. Now I'm gonna just enjoy it and get good and just get good. And he's like, "Dang, bro!" And I was like, and that's how I felt like <laughs> get getting my black belt or getting to this point here in the in uh, what I've done. I feel like I've gotten to a place where it's like, all right, cool. Now I can really try to get good at this because now I know w- what works and what doesn't, and what I can do and what I need to get better at. And it's like, all right, now I'm at a point where like, all right, let's really figure it out and let's get good. You know, is how I feel. So yeah. No, I feel you on that, man. So. Similar, very similar story Ed, from me on that end. It's like, cause I, what I do behind the scenes is this is the first time we've broken into like social media or mm-hmm. doing anything than putting it on a platform like that, right? But I've done it in like trying to start businesses and doing this and doing that and always been like really financially driven. Mm-hmm. Um, and ever since we started shooting the pod, right? It's kind of come to the realization, something you talked about earlier. It's like, hey, Fill in that void, but do something you're passionate about. Don't make it just about money, right? But you always feel like, hey, I can do more. I can do more. I can do more. When you say that, bro, my brain just like fucking lights up because it's like, dude, that's, I feel that way constantly. No matter where I'm at, I feel like I could always like, yeah, let's keep going. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. So I I connect with you a lot on that, man. So yeah, for sure. I feel like um, everybody who's successful is driven, is driven, right? By by something, but somewhere or another, some people it's money, some people it's fame, some people it's um, whatever a personal thing or whatever. But yeah, as long as you're driven in some way, I think that everybody that I talk to kind of feels um, similar. Like you talk to guys like Logan Paul or KSI, yeah. and um, some people might be like, "Bro, you made it, dude. Just stop, but man." But to them, it's it's like it's, a twitch. Yeah, it's yeah. like no, I can it's keep like, going. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's like going to the guy in the gym who's like super buff or whatever. Yes. And be like, "Bro, you made it. Just go home, dude." He's <laughs> oh, you like, "Got T-Mobile." <laughs> <laughs> but like, he sees something else. He's like, "Nah, I gotta fix this little thing and do this." And it's like, yeah. just striving to be better. I think is good. You know, yes, no. it's ambition, bro. Ambition. Yeah. It's not bad to be ambitious. Yeah. So, um, if there's I got a couple more for you. I'm not going to keep you too much longer, but man, if there's someone else out there now that you haven't been able to connect with, is there a, a person out there where you're like, man, I really wish I could do something with this person? Um, bro, I've really had access to like everybody in the influencer space. And if I don't, then I could, then I know somebody who does, you know, yeah. um, I really love what I'm doing now. And I can't think of like, Oh, no, I know. Adele. Adele, if you're out there, please. Yes. I just want to, please let me sit on stage at one of your concerts. That would be awesome. (laughs) There we go. Yeah. That's awesome. That would be so sick. (laughs) That is dope, dude. I love that one. And also, if you wanted to get married. (laughs) Yeah, no big deal. That's that's all. Yeah, we're good. Yeah. Um, If you could, man, you have, obviously, there's going to be a different variety of people that see this and stuff, and Mm. and a lot of your fans are going to see this, man. Younger crowds are coming up, man, and the world is changing. We all know this. If there is a most important piece of advice that you could give to these people that have similar dreams or have that that kind of twitch that we talked about earlier, what would you say to them? Um, probably probably mostly cliche stuff. Um, you know, uh, but I I think that the the best thing to know is that like really anybody could do anything. You know what I mean? I I think that um. People get caught up in, and no matter who it is, like literally, 
I was just watching the Nelk podcast earlier, and they were talking about how when they first moved into the Phase House, the Cloud House, which I used to be part time at like all the time, bro. I'd go out there, I'd stay there for a month. You know, all those guys at the Phase House like family to me, mm-hmm. and so I used to see the Nelk boys all the time. And on a podcast, uh, on their last podcast that I had seen. They were talking about how even when they moved over there into Justin Bieber's old house out in Hollywood Hills, yeah. there were still a lot of moments where they were like, bro, maybe this is never going to work out or whatever, because they're just normal people. And people see them now or people see Mr. Beast now or or the Phase Boys or like Logan or whatever. But really, everybody is just like people like, bro, I'm just I'm just sitting here. I just have a camera in front of me, dude. But I'm like, no, no different than anybody. You're no different than nobody. It's just like. If you want to go do it, just go do it. That's the biggest thing is like most people don't do it. They're like this. I want to be a singer. Have you put out any songs? Well, no. So we'll go put out some songs. You're a singer now. You know, depending on how successful you're going to get is different, you know. But you got to just showing up is so much, bro. Nine out of ten people don't even show up, bro. That's the biggest thing. But anybody could do it. But no, like there's no secret ingredient to anything. I'm a black belt in jiu-jitsu and I can wrap you up like a pretzel right now. Uh, but there was no secret how I did it. I just showed up for 17 years to yeah. the gym every day. Yeah. So if you want to make YouTube videos, show up to YouTube every day. It's like so easy. And to compound on that, I think it's okay. Be okay with failing. That's mm. what I, I used to tell mm. people all the time. Be okay with sucking, dude. Because no matter what, the first time you pick anything up, yeah, you might be pretty cool at it. Like some people just get things real quickly. But compared to the best in the world, like, dude, you are going to suck. Bro, I, I suck at jujitsu right now today. <laughs> Right, black belt though. And I'm terrible, bro. It's like that's life. And you know what? What you said is super true because there's been a lot of people, and I think that this is something that I've actually have noticed a lot, especially more recently. I guess the last few years is people really get discouraged by failure yeah. because they think of things as failure. Whereas for me, I've uploaded thousands of it, maybe five thousand videos. I have. Over a billion views, um, maybe even getting in on a couple billion, you know, views on the internet across uh, content that I'm uh, either been involved in or, yeah, definitely billions of views at this point. Um, content that I've made. Yeah, there's or, zero, zero doubt. Yeah, yeah there's zero, zero doubt. doubt. Billions for sure. <laughs> um, but you know, out of all those thousands of pieces of content, though, like, bro, maybe maybe only ten percent really banged. Like, maybe only ten percent did very well, and the other ones I never looked at. I never looked at them as failures. It's just like, but it's the same as like jujitsu too, or, or, uh, fighting, but I'll say jujitsu. Cause that's what I know. If I go to, you know, set up a, a move on somebody, uh, I always am like five steps ahead. Like, bro, I'm going to throw this choke at the guy, but if it doesn't work, it doesn't make me say, Oh shoot, I'm, I'm never going to get it. I just go, Oh, okay. This choke open up this door to switch over. And now I can take his back. And from there, I'll switch into an armbar from the back. Oh, no, he's avoiding the armbar. All right, we'll switch and we'll do an omoplata from there. Oh, no, he's avoiding that. All right, back to the triangle. Yeah. It's like until one of those works, right? The first, if you're trying YouTube and you haven't made at least 100 videos or 100 TikToks or you haven't done 100 streams, then you haven't even tried yet, you know? So you just got to do it. Just consistency. Yeah. You know, and you get better. I love that, dude. I absolutely love that. So... All right, so now we're going to move in. We have our final segment of the podcast, brother, which is uh, Spice of the Week, sponsored by Joe's Backyard Smokehouse, best barbecue in Florida. Where's, my, ever... ba- where's my barbecue, Joe? Exactly, dude. That's what we need. Starving Unfortun- to death over here. Unfortunately, we tried to bring it to Vegas. They said it wasn't a good idea on the plane. Ate it on the plane. Well, I put it in my carry-on bag. 
<laughs> I stopped well, I have to for a reason, brother. <laughs> All right. So, so, um, <laughs> just a check bag full of barbecue. <laughs> Yo. So, here's the idea of it, right? Is we love, we want to make sure everyone out there comments. If you guys have a chance, right, on the YouTube or on the socials, go in there and comment your spice of the week. We want to get you involved in the conversation. So, the idea is make sure. Pick something out from your week that kind of elevated it, made you think like, damn, this week's actually not that bad, right? Or this. It can be small things. It can be big things. Great example was uh, Kanyezy, another co-host that we have. Um, he was shopping last Christmas for his son, and some random dude said, hey, man, are you done shopping? And he's like, yeah, bro, you see all these presents? He's like, and he's seven years old. His son was at the time. And he goes, nah, man, you're not done. He slips him 100 bucks and says, come on, bro. He's going to be this age one time. And that was like a huge moment for him, yeah. right? Then there's some small things that come across, like maybe somebody's creeping around at night and you see that perfect midnight snack and all of a sudden you're for the rest of the week, you're like, bro, that bowl of cereal hit. Like, that's it. So it can be a lot of different things. All right, I'm going to go very extremely deep with this one. Hey, no, I like actually don't even know if this counts because my brain's not super functional because I might be hungover. Um, <laughs> I don't know, dude. I'm in Vegas. I was up for 37 hours last night. I slept for like maybe I slept for a good amount, like maybe 14 hours today. See? But I still feel a little bit like, uh, what's going still on? Feeling, still feel a little rough, I like I got freaking flash banged over here. <laughs> um, but I will say this. So my dad just had double knee surgery. Yeah. Right? Tough, tough. Developed a massive blood clot. No. They said it was going to, he's uh, he supposed to come with me to Cayman Islands. His goal was always go there, but then he had me and he never got to go. So I was going to bring him yeah. with me. Um, but his blood clot is so big, they said it's going to take like maybe six weeks to three months to heal. Holy you shit. You know? Um, they put him on blood thinners. And, uh, but, so long story short, they put him on blood thinners. And he was also fasting at the time, like because he wasn't hungry. So he does it sometimes. So like do like a little fast to yeah. he's a healthy guy, you know, do a 24 hour, 48 hour fast or something. Yeah. And he was doing that at the time uh, that he was on this medication. Oh. And so it ended up like almost like double dosing him. Yeah, that'll thin it out real quick. Which gave which was a double edged sword because he developed like um like some bruising and stuff just randomly. Yeah. And it was like. Uh, not good, but when he went to the doctor, they took him off it, yeah. and they were like, "Yo, you gotta go eat this. This like was too much." But the blood clot completely gone in less than a week. Get out of here! Yeah, and they were like, "We've never seen something disappear this fast." Holy shit! So it was kind of like it was actually dangerous that that happened. Yeah, but it did cure that. So wow. pretty crazy. And now it looks like he will be able to go to the Cayman Islands in a month. That's so awesome. we're going to keep him updated with the doctors and see how it goes. But, yeah, that would be, like, the thing that was, like, bad but good. But, yeah. you know what I mean? I don't know. Uh, I don't know if that's a good No, that's perfect, response, dude. That's no, that's awesome. That's that's great news, man, especially because, like you said, that's deep. That's a that's a big one. And um, when, it com when it comes to medical stuff, especially with family, like, that shit can get real fucking scary. And that's yeah, yeah. great news. Dude, that's awesome. That's one of the best. Now we can tell Kanyezy to kiss my ass. Right? <laughs> so usually what happens is Keon, man, if you met Keon, you dude, you'd have a blast. With was he Keon. in Florida? Uh, yeah, no, he wasn't there that night. Oh, okay, but where we met, but um, he's he's been a lot of the other podcasts. Then one day when you come back on, you'll meet my brother and you meet Kanyezy. These guys are absolutely hilarious. But um, usually he goes, Kanyezy goes, and he always has some deep shit to say. And then mine is always the small things. Like I love identifying the little things in life because then it's like, bro. What am I mad about? Like, look how this little thing just made me smile. You know what I'm saying? So usually I sound like shit after going after something real deep. So 
as as <laughs> okay. usual, the trend continues. So this past week, um, really, really busy week for us. We had some great stuff happen at work and then the trip. So I'd never been to Vegas, right? And we land, like we said, we had a little bit of a rough. We were delayed. Next thing you know, we're going to the wrong place, blah, blah, blah. When we sat down and we had that ramen, immediately I was like, Vegas is the greatest place I've ever been to. Where did you go for ramen? We went to... Shoku. Oh yeah, yeah, Shoku. Yeah, we went to Shoku, right? And they have they had that eight minute challenge. It's like four million uh, on the Scoville scale hot ramen. If you can eat all the three pounds of ramen and the spice in eight minutes, you get a t shirt. I was like, oh. it's a little ridiculous. For a I t-shirt. love medical emergencies for t shirts. Yes, exactly. So I'm like, <laughs> that's a little bit too much, bro. Like, hey, take it easy. But when we're sitting there, we're having and and not to mention right then the lady comes over and she brings us. We ordered a couple beers. And she brings it over, and she's like, hey, this one got open fucked up, so we got an extra beer for free. She's like, if you can open it, it's free on the house. And that, we're, we're sitting there. I'm done drinking a beer, and I'm like, bro, this is dope. This is a great fucking night. We went through a bunch of adversity, but honestly, I'm having a blast. Then we go check out the Las Vegas sign. So it sounds a little weird, but sitting down, having the ramen after a long night and having a beer really just like elevated the trip. It made the trip feel like it was elite. You know I love I mean? that. Hopefully it gets more lead. Uh, I don't know what you guys are doing after this, but I'd love to go out for a little bit with you guys if you want yes, to, you know? I don't absolutely. got nothing super planned. And also, I don't know if you guys know, but the strip is so safe right now because A, all the flooding has washed away most of the probably um uh the 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 stuff on the street, but also <laughs> in addition to that, uh jujitsu convention. So every bar that you go into and every casino that you're at yeah. is half well, uh, 40% professional fighters. Wow. Everything's super safe. I went to like a bunch of bars uh, the other night with yeah. um, some of my friends and investors and stuff. And every time I walked into the bar, I was like, I didn't even realize the convention was this weekend. And I was like, yo, I'm seeing a heck of big ears in here. <laughs> and if you guys don't know, if somebody's got like a big fat That's ear. cauliflower ear. cauliflower ear. They're a fighter. Yeah. And um, most of the time, 95% of the time, nicest yeah. guys on the planet. And there's nothing going to, they're going to, Buy you a drink. Yeah. No fighting will take place. And if there was, they would easily separate it. I just felt incredibly safe. It was like I was walking around with like 40% bodyguards in every bar. <laughs> felt so safe. I'm like, and everybody's super dope. You're like, jiu-jitsu? Oh, so everybody's though? dope. Yeah. That's it great. Awesome. It's beautiful. So yeah, very safe weekend in Vegas. So let's do this before we wrap up, man. Why don't you go ahead and right into that right camera there. Tell everybody where they can find you in the coming months and the events that you're going to be doing or where they can find you on your socials and all that stuff. Um, you can follow me on all my socials at Faze Dirty. Uh, no, that's not me. i just been saying that for a long time because he's some guy who looks not like me at all, but he's one of my good <laughs> friends, but I just love to say that. And he'll like randomly text me and be like, yo, some company emailed me saying that they met me. But it was you, huh? I'm like, but yeah, it was yeah. You. no, it is. Yeah, love you, face dirty. Um, <laughs> no, I'm at Overt Flow everywhere. O v e r t f l o w. Uh, I'm verified everywhere. Uh, you, you can find me anywhere on that, or go to Happy Punch at Happy Punch on everything, uh, and you will see me in the coming months. I will be at Gamebred FC, uh, Karate Combat, Misfits Boxing, uh, Happy Punch and Misfits Boxing. Uh, Gamers Bay in the Cayman Islands, TwitchCon in Las Vegas, and Chess Boxing 
in December in Las Vegas. Um, but yeah, those are my events that I have signed, sealed, and delivered. And yeah, if you ever see me, please come up and say, hey, dude. And that's it. And, and just then that. Just and expect just, him to dance. Yeah, like yeah. And then I'll just monkey. perform. I'll be like this. What's going on, guys? Please drop 100,000 likes on this YouTube video. <laughs> this is insane. <laughs> yo, people really be like that. They, like, they'll come up and be like, yo, I'm a massive fan. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, I don't know how to. That's, that's hey, great. What do you want me to do? All right. See you later. Hit a Fortnite dance on you, dude. There you go. So uh, once again, man. Thank but yeah, you. I love it. Please come say hi to me if you see me. Yes. Thank you so much for coming on, dude. Thank you for taking the time, man. Like I said, we're we were super stoked when I was able to connect with you and stuff, and and taking time out of what you're doing um, to sit down with us, especially because we're a growing entity, as you know. Um, I was just playing video games today. There you go. Yeah, but <laughs> but we really sincerely appreciate it a lot, dude. It, it means the world to us. So. Thank you guys. Make sure you guys go subscribe. All the fucking awesome shit. Subscribe to your boy Overflow. And peace out. Awesome. Thank you guys. Two dimes and a token. Do you make ropes?